This episode and all of our South by Southwest coverage is brought to you by Vimeo, the new home for 360 video. Hey everybody, this is John Fusco, and you are listening to the No Film School Podcast. The docufiction hybrid genre isn't necessarily a new thing. In fact, there are some festivals that are entirely devoted to those films that blur the line between what is real and what is written. It's the liberties in which the filmmakers choose to blur the lines where the real magic shines through. Christopher Borgley, director of the South by Southwest standout, Drib, and guest on today's episode of the No Film School podcast, didn't realize the full potential of the genre until he was halfway through making his film. He always knew he wanted to screw around with his audience, but to what extent? Drib is the true story of performance artist Amir Asghanajad, a man who amassed a massive following through fake fight videos he would put up on the internet. For Amir, it was never about getting famous, however. It was all just a joke. It seems the joke was lost on an LA-based energy drink company who decided Amir would be the face of their new brand. Drib is a film unlike any other, weaving together an embellished narrative of Amir's story with real interviews discussing Amir's experience on which the narrative is based and behind-the-scenes footage of what it was like making the film itself. If that sounds confusing, it's because it is. Oh yeah, and on top of all that, Amir stars as himself throughout the film's entirety. We sat down with Chris, Amir, and co-star Brett Gelman at South by Southwest to get some insight into the art of play and trickery. Cool. So, hey guys, I'm uh, here with uh, a few members of the film Drib. I'm going to let them introduce themselves so you can get familiar with their voices, starting with Chris. Uh, hi, yeah. Christopher Borgley, writer, director. Uh, Amir Amadeus, actor. Performance artist. Performance artist. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, uh, I mean, this is a, a crazy story that you guys brought to uh, South by, um, and I guess... I'm going to first ask uh, if you could talk about how you two first met. Um, yeah, sure. It's it's actually um, told in the film, too. Um, we met when a, a common friend of ours um, introduced us, and we all um, came together to do a project in, uh, in the Middle East, in Azerbaijan, um, where we faked um, um, news broadcast from Iran. We were claiming that we were from Iran to go to the neighboring country, Azerbaijan, to do uh, like reporting on the country. And um, at the same time, it was like the musical festival there. They had like the Grand Prix, was it called? Uh, the it? Eurovision. Eurovision, yeah. Uh, and we were claiming that they uh, lack a good dictatorship there uh, and that's why they have this like as as in he in character said like there's faggots running around in the streets and blah 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 because <laughs> that was supposed to be like a Persian it was like a Persian Borat okay of, uh, right right but, really but, but heavy conservative and yeah. liking dictatorships and mm. you don't want like West, western influence mm. uh, and it ended up getting us in a lot of trouble yeah yeah so then um amir why don't you tell our audience a little bit about what you do or what you did around that time to give them some context on your work um like in general on that time yeah just uh just what or, you were getting like as a as a performance artist um oh yeah as a performance artist i was just actually getting into comedy for a while because mm -hmm. uh i thought that was a a new sort of a a tool or whatever that you could learn to to continue 
to have a part of your performance mm -hmm. um, background. Does that sound right? Yeah. Because it's like, um, I don't know, it's nice to have, try out different type of uh, scenario, stages. Or, so yeah, I wanted to try out stand-up and see if that could be sort of somewhere you could do free mm -hmm. type of comedy that they haven't seen before. And then you kind of took it to the streets though too, right? You kind of, uh, not really stunts, but more like performances. That was something else. That's when we went like to try out the YouTube side of viral kind of making videos. Mm -hmm. We started doing like, uh, and then I started doing like staged fight videos. It's funny because I'm sure that a lot of our listeners look for ways to increase their views on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like you found a way to do that and it's just by like knowing that people like violence yeah essentially <laughs> um, it's weird you just got it's weird you just got to do extreme stuff maybe i think it seems like uh everybody who gets attention nowadays is all about the extreme mm -hmm. like you there's a person who's extremely pouring out his emotions on YouTube and that gets like a million views. So, right. I don't know. It was just one of the cool things about the fight videos, I think. So then how did the idea for this film come about? Chris, was that you who had that original idea or Amir? Was that uh, your we idea? Actually, we got together for the, the sort of fight project or whatever you call it. Uh, out of... Um, Sort of looking at one was worldstarhiphop.com, yeah. a website that curates. Um, first, it was like a music site and became uh, like a curator of violent and obscene videos. Mm -hmm. uh, they call themselves like the CNN of the ghetto. <laughs> Around my interest in that was also when Bredis and Ellis like launched this whole post-Empire theory okay. uh, and how like the new celebrities are... Uh, they're, um, they're independent of the, the media empire and they can create their own success. Um, and we saw that side as like, you could actually maybe get a sort of type of success through that site if you just were loud enough. Um, and that was a joke. Like, mm. what if we from Norway tried to get you to be famous through that site that mm. would be like a joke and mm -hmm. and it worked so it yeah so that's stupid. that's how it all started but then we thought it was going to be like a quick little project uh and then he got interviewed by like bbc and there's news in in the states and then suddenly he gets an invitation from uh, an ad agency okay um and that was just too sort of good to be true almost. Yeah, uh, everything and was just happened weird. So, so you just have to. Yeah, it sort of the story just came to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It sort of wrote itself yeah. in a weird way, I think. So then let's talk about the style of the film in that sense where, you know, there was a script, right? But yeah. then it was also just based off of your experience. Mm. Um, what kind, What was that? process like for you writing this sort of hybrid documentary um narrative yeah so me and uh, like amir um had to break his sort of contract with the the agency yeah so the nda was that yeah it came into so yeah there was an nda that we had to sort of go around but before we even thought of it as a legal problem because we didn't have funding or anything he just told me everything that happened in detail and 
um, I also already have like a big interest in in marketing and media manipulation and uh, been like interested in the history of marketing from Edward Bernays, you know, uh, Freud's nephew came to New York and sort of invented modern PR. Uh, and so just his sort of insights uh, combined with mine insight um, uh, already had a, a big amount of um, source material already. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the script was written with both of our common sort of, um, of course, his real story, but then also I added a lot to it because mm-hmm. uh, it was a vehicle where I could, uh, where I could write um, all the things that I was interested in. I could put it in his real story, sort of appropriating it a little bit, um, and then we were set out to make the film and. Uh, Amir being who he is, uh, it sort of naturally started uh, becoming a documentary. It wasn't sort of supposed to be a documentary. There was all of these ideas that it could be. We could do an interview. We could do like breaking the fourth wall and talk about the process of making the film, but it wasn't in the script. Mm-hmm. It wasn't um, necessarily going to happen, but I was open for it. So once it started to happen. I had a deal with my DP that he should just shoot. If me and Amir go in another room and have a fight, try to get the camera in there. Yeah. Um, and so it became, um, it became, there's a parallel narrative of the story that happened in 2014 and then also the story that happened in 2016 when we were shooting the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, and those stories are very similar. Like one is he gets pick up, picked up to go to an agency in, in L.A. to be a part of an a, um, ad process. Uh, and he ruins it, sort of. And then, again, he comes to L.A. to be a part of a film process, and he sort of ruins that, too. And, yeah. So uh, then you, you talked about how uh, you asked the DP to, you know, keep the camera on at all times. Were there any other strategies you used once you figured out that, you know, this was a documentary um, to sort of blur the lines of reality and fiction in that sense? Because the film really, I mean, I've never seen a movie do as good a job of confusing their audience <laughs> as to like what's real and what's not real. Yeah. Can you talk about some of those strategies? Being uh, one is like being vaguely open, okay. <laughs> like um, admitting to some facts. Like we have a discussion in the film about. There's a scene where we discuss, should we actually portray that scene this way? Because he says it didn't happen that way. Um, but we never say what really happened. Uh, so we're just like back and forth. If we should like. Um, have one specific detail in it. But I think we're constantly inviting the audience to um, to question uh, what is... It's like the, the truth is out there. It's not in what you see. There is a real story there. Um, it's referencing a real story, but we're not sure how much of it is on the screen. Mm-hmm. And I think, or I know for, for my uh, personal... Um, it, it, my sort of gateway drug into all of this was growing up and uh, um, being a fan of Seinfeld and seeing uh, like season four when they go and pitch the show. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Jerry goes home and he talks to Kramer about we might do a show about us and you might be a character in it. And Kramer says, who's going to play me? I think I should play me. And we're sort of forced to think that, okay, I don't, I don't believe that this conversation is happening and it's real, but it's referencing a reality that might have happened five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it forces you to connect the real world with the very obvious construction that you're watching. And that's a, a very deliberate uh, way of doing our film is pointing, constantly pointing out the construction of our film. Like films in general are... Uh, made in a way that you're forgetting that you're watching a film. You're so immersed in, in just the viewing of it that you forget that it's, um, it's acting or it's um, manipulation. Mm. You're sort of just moved. And, and, um, and that's, that's what we wanted to do, the opposite. We wanted to remind the audience constantly that this isn't real, but the truth is out there. Totally. I mean, that's that's one of the things that uh, I was actually going to ask about are sort of these like bloopers that you use that intentionally draw the like audience out of the narrative. Yeah. Um, and that's really interesting to yeah. keep them aware of the like the fact that they're watching a film itself. Yeah. Um, so then let's talk a little bit about your uh, the way you worked on set because there was numerous references yesterday to sort of like an organized chaos. Yeah. Um, can you like speak a little about what that means and how you sort of what what conditions was that like just an outcome of consequences or was that like something that you came in uh, wanting to like a directing style? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they said like organized chaos <laughs> and not just chaos. Um, no, again, I think I pointed out to everyone that this is, um, a different type of film process and that we're bringing in this guy who's playing himself, who is not like a Hollywood actor and you all are. And, um, and that we know that that's going to create something and please play along with if anything happens we're open to keep the cameras rolling and and sort of get the um, strangeness of it all mm-hmm. captured um and yeah the film is scripted and we follow us we had like a super um tight deadline um, How many days did you shoot it in? Well, we were we had fifteen shooting days in LA. Yeah, but then we added on more days in Oslo. Mm-hmm. But so the LA shoot itself, because it's expensive shooting there, uh, was very tight, and so we couldn't afford like let's just improvise for two hours. Like we had to get the pages on the script. But within that, it was also moments where you could sort of. Um, I guess play. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, but play, it. W- little, yeah. Or well, I think I'm, I wasn't sure how much of that I wanted at the time because I was very annoyed whenever Amir did <laughs> his shtick, yeah. and I'm like, <clears throat> we gotta get this scene, Amir. Why are you dancing? You're supposed to do something <laughs> completely different in the scene. Um, but th- th- in the middle of editing, that's when I saw that this should be all included. So it wasn't, I was like, um, yeah, after the fact of coming home and being like frustrated that 
a lot of these sort of things happened, uh, I was very glad in the end that you brought that to the film. Yeah, Amir, what was that like for you kind of working with these Hollywood actors? Were you ever kind of like fucking with them at points as a means to, I don't know, like, I mean, you say play, which is a really good term, I think, for what actors should be doing. I think that maybe some of that is lost in Hollywood. So was that like something that you were aware of or trying to... No, I was just trying to have my uh, sort of sort of side of the story told too, mm-hmm. and uh, at the same time, it's uh, sort of hard to take everything so seriously too. Like when mm-hmm. you when you were on the when we were on the like the the Q the Q and A the Q and A no, but the 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 story is based on uh. Uh, the commercial campaign. It was the same sort of. Uh, I don't know. It's very hard taking Hollywood actors serious too. And I, I don't know. It was just like a bit fun to, because I had the freedom. I have nothing to lose. Yeah. They have everything <laughs> to lose because they have to go to auditions tomorrow and get new roles. But I'm not. I don't think I'm gonna be a actor. I think I'm just gonna be. So I can just sort of ruin my own career if I wanna, <laughs> as an actor yeah. at least. So that's just another check. Yeah, so you, I can you, do that. You did a good job do, oh, with thanks. that. Yeah. No, I think honestly, like if you're interested, are you like interested in acting and in any other projects? Or? I think it would be fun, uh, and I think maybe if I'd, I'd do it, I'd do it more, prof- like be more professional. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get back into the career now. <laughs> no, but uh, no, but I think I that, don't know. It's just uh, like I said, it was like really. F- it was fun to have it's always fun to have a freedom yeah which nobody else has yeah since i don't know if i don't know if it comes from coming from the art background if that's sort of something i picked up but uh i wouldn't want too much uh if i want to act it would be with maybe Let's see what happens. If it was a big commercial that would be really <laughs> But i do have to say like we cuz yeah he's not an actor not a trained actor in in any sense and i always thought of the value of having him the real person to portray himself was bigger than what uh the like the best actor could give the project yeah absolutely and we thought of it as we again with the seinfeld like if you remember watching seinfeld Jerry was a lousy actor <laughs> he he like a drama scene where he's supposed to be upset he's smiling but that makes it even sort of better because um, it's him, it's the real person, and and I don't I don't think they were trying to point out the construction of Jerry Seinfeld, but it, so our that was our introduction. The first meeting with everyone was like, he's Jerry, and you should help him perform better. Hmm. But in the end, I have to say, uh, Amir did an amazing job. And it's really good, and I was blown away by the performance because it's not. It, it didn't turn out like like a kitschy bad as a as a inside joke thing. It ended up being like a really, really good and believable performance. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I totally agree, and I think like maybe fucking like you guys fucked with the convention of the documentary of the film, and your acting style fucked with the convention of acting. So I think like both of those things end up influencing the entire set, you know? 
Life happens in 360 degrees. And now on Vimeo.com, so do your videos. Now you can upload, watch, and even sell your 360 videos on Vimeo. Vimeo 360 means immersive eye candy, immersive adventures, and immersive storytelling from the world's best filmmakers. Plus, Vimeo has a ton of helpful resources for all experience levels. How to shoot, how to edit, and even roundups of the best 360 video gear are available on the site. Join the new home for 360 video at vimeo.com slash 360. One, can I say yeah, one yeah, thing? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I watched uh, before <clears throat> before we were doing the shoot, I watched the... Uh, uh, I was trying to study, like trying to find out stuff. And I, and I watched a documentary with uh, Marlon Brando, I think. Mm -hmm. I think it's like in my own words or something. I oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And in that, he he was really like uh, uh, focused on like that he didn't like being an actor. Mm -hmm. And he, and he, he hated acting. And uh, I thought that was really weird because he became like, he's like the biggest actor in the world. Yeah. And everybody references him. And he was like, I hated that job. <laughs> and I was like, shit, that's probably something cool to bring to the table too because I'm not hating it, but at least I'm not like that guy who wants to be an actor. And this guy was also someone who just didn't want to be an actor. It was really great. Yeah. So maybe that's influenced some of the... Playfulness, at least. Yeah, like, absolutely. Or cockiness. I think like that. It's it's liberating in that sense, mm. you know. And um, I was gonna ask Chris, like, was it liberating for you coming from like this advertising world and this sort of world that you know it's it's pretty appropriate that this film premiered at South by Southwest, yeah. Because like every panel that I've been to, purpose like so far has just been all about how all this media is converging. Yeah. Like it's brand marketing, like branded content yeah, yeah, yeah. is becoming like the new <laughs> form of art, you know? Yeah. Mm. And that's, uh, I think that that's something that your film did so well, like it, it like, uh, illustrated so well. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on how this sort of medium is evolving? Are you are you a fan of this whole brand convergence thing, or do you think it's hurting art? I think I know the answer, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. Um, well, to your first point, it it was sort of a catharsis, um, having worked with and seen a lot of things in advertising, mm -hmm. uh, and never like spoken up about it, and getting to make this film. Um, and in terms of, yeah, I, here's our friend. Yes, our friend. Hello. Hey. Oh my God. <laughs> Hi guys. What's up? Oh, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible, um, horrible public transportation in the, in Austin. It, I got to tell you. It's not great. It's crazy. And it's daylight savings too. So, you know, it's, uh, really oh, early yeah. Here. I mean, you know, always gets you, it gets you, yep, right? Yep. Hi guys. Hey. So I'm sorry I'm late. No I can't tell you. You know, you got like uh, stand at that hotel driveway. You know, you think you're gonna go insane. Yeah. Where is a cab? Where is a cab? Yeah. None coming. Anyway, that's my bit on that. <laughs> Do you want to just tell uh, our listeners who you are? I'm oh, hi. I'm Brett Gelman. Uh, I play Brady in Drib, and uh, yeah, that's me. Cool. I'm an actor. Well, I'll just catch you up on the question that we're on right now. Yeah. Um, we're talking about how this film was sort of a catharsis for Chris in uh, negotiating the uh, new media landscape of like branded marketing or branded content and like whether or not 
he thinks that's a good thing or a bad thing for film. So if you want to... Yeah. Um, I mean, in a way, the you could look at this film as um, also embracing that in a way that it's so heavily branded. Yeah. Um, so if we could see Drib as a brand, then this is like our Lego movie in mm-hmm. a way. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think the film is a huge comment on that too. Uh, it's um, embracing it in a way that might be seen as uh, satirical, or but there's also some sort of, not love, but sort of, uh, we had so much fun with creating a brand, mm-hmm. with uh, like the logos, the packaging, the, the fashion of it, uh, and just... Um, I guess th- it is fun to be a like a capitalist and a CEO, and huh. that fun probably hurting a lot of the world, but uh, it was fun for <laughs> for me. Yeah, there's this whole extended um, campaign that you guys have. I'll describe it where you're basically wearing <laughs> all this drib clothing yeah, yeah. now, even. Yeah. Um, so that was a pretty cool. Uh, part of the film. I think <laughs> we only have time for one more question, unfortunately. Yeah, I am. Sorry, Brett, to have you come out I mean, here? it's uh, not your fault. Oh, uh, yeah. It's Austin. We fucking. can continue later. Yeah. <laughs> we can get on the phone and talk to, uh, talk for hours. Yeah, I'm sure we could. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Well, I what mean, is your question? my question, I guess, <laughs> would be, I mean, I like to close out all the podcasts with this question of if you have any advice for aspiring filmmakers um, or actors or comedians uh, trying to make a name for themselves or not even really trying to make a name for themselves, but doing something like you guys did where like you really made a project that you wanted to do, you know, what would you, what would you say? I mean, I wouldn't follow the recipe in the film of going out picking fights. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think that, you know, one of the reasons I love the film and love uh, Christopher and Amir as artists, mm-hmm. um, and I really do, you know, I don't throw that word around. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to do what you want to do and not try and embrace some sort of mathematical equation that you think, uh, you know, you should do things... You know, in, in a certain way that are going to garner a certain reaction. Um, and instead you should really just make what you want to make and what you have to make. Mm-hmm. And the, these types of questions of, of advice to people, it's always, you're going to figure it out if you have to do it. And the road is terrible. So, um, that is, that's really all you can do is just keep on practicing your craft and keep trying to, to just make the work that you have to make. Cause if you don't have to make it, I mean, you really shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't be in this, in this, uh, business because it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy and it's not easy. So, um, yeah, that'd be my advice. Cool. Amir. Um, I don't know. I would just say I'm not going to be uh, a filmmaker an actor. I don't know. So I would say just, if you want to be in, Artist mm-hmm. or just be free, have fun, play, fuck with people, <laughs> yeah. and uh, make sure you have a laugh or something. 
don't take stuff too serious either. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, great guys. Thanks for uh, letting me do this. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with Indie Film Weekly this Thursday. If you missed us, sadly, I won't be there, but you will still get Liz and Emily giving you the latest on everything you need to know for when you're busy making your movie. If you like us, please subscribe on any podcast platform you choose. We're on them all. And go to the iTunes store. Give us a rating. You know the deal by now. If you haven't, please do. It would be super helpful. I'm John Fusco. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim underscore John underscore Jim. You can follow No Film School on Twitter at No Film School. And remember to tune in this Thursday once again for Indie Film Weekly.